there are times you look back at the journey and it is like, how in the world did I get here? My responsibility is to add to this team and then also pour into the young guys so hopefully they don't they don't have to go through that path. I've won the Super Bowl. Um, there's no feeling like it, and that is the mission. You know, the process is, is a good time, but winning games is the best time. Free agent frenzy is in full swing this week in the Minnesota Vikings. Got some steals, making some deals. Welcome into the Minnesota Vikings podcast. I'm your host, Tatum Everett, alongside our usual cast of characters. I've got Gabe Henderson and producer Jay Nelson in the house. I don't Hello. know. That was like a total 90s throwback when I said in that. In the house? In the house? I, I don't like know. It. I think I think sometimes I kind of feel like when it's March Badness in that time mm. of year, I usually kind of get a little more hype about things just because it's like so much to look forward to throughout the day. Yesterday and today are the best day of sports because it's college basketball on literally the entire day. So um, Jay knows I'm in a really good mood today. Um, <laughs> yep. How those no. Tar Heels do. Yes. <laughs> I mean, we only won by 34. Yeah, but exactly. Who's counting? But uh, yeah, I mean, you guys know, like my anxiety level is through the roof when the Tar Heels lose. So I'm I'm, I'm a happy person today. He's got his Tar Heels shoes on today. So that, if that tells you at all how he's feeling about the way things went last night. Now, I The thing that's cool about this time of year as well, besides just basketball, even for state of Minnesota, you just had the hockey tournament. Mm. Yeah. Now you got the basketball tournaments kicking in. Um, just if you are a sports nut, uh, it is wall to wall frenzy. Uh, for those of us that, that pay attention, F1 starts this yeah. weekend as well. So there's, there's a ton of, of sports going on here this spring and, and it's kind of fun because you get this, you get NHL, you've got baseball starting now. And yeah. Baseball tons back. Of stuff going on. And apparently Minnesota plays Michigan in the Twin Cities this weekend. Hockey? Big Ten hockey. Big Ten hockey. Yeah. And apparently oh, those are like, deal. Ryan Cardinal was like losing his mind earlier yeah. about it. So, you know, Minnesota, the WCHA back when it was North Dakota and the schools from Colorado, uh, just uh, just the rivalries that were going on with that. Michigan was always the team that was, you know, in the other league, the other division, mm-hmm. but they were always really good. And anytime Minnesota played Michigan, it was a big deal. Now that they're in the Big Ten, you get the two powerhouses uh, duking mm-hmm. it out. So, yeah, that'll be a fun one this weekend. We, we had the hockey games on, I think, at lunch one day uh, on the TV. And, and I was like, this looks like high school, like hockey, right? high school yeah. hockey at the XL Energy Center. And I was like, this is something I've never seen before. Like, I've, you know, obviously football is a huge deal in the South. I've been to like high school Texas state championships. Now, granted, it is in Jerry's world. So, like, yes. hard to fill Jerry's world for a high school. And those fans are obviously just as passionate about football as Minnesotans are about hockey. But that thing was packed. And wild. I was out last week. I'm, I'm gone. I was working a basketball tournament in Las Vegas. Um, it is the one thing that I really miss yeah. uh, during that week every year is because the high school hockey tournament in the state of Minnesota is an institution. Uh, the fact that you have as many of the old dogs who still come back and celebrate it, let alone just the casual fan, those tickets sell immediately. The the schools have an allotment of, of a certain amount of tickets that they can sell each school gets a tiny bit. Everything else is spoken for, like potentially years in advance that people put in for these lotteries and everything to buy these tickets. It is a huge deal. It's a, it's a, honestly, it's a point of pride for the state of Minnesota. And yeah. part of that too is because there was always the rivalry of if you're an outstate school that has a shot, come in and beat the Blue Bloods in the Metro. It, it's just an institution. Even as a kid, I remember uh, back in the 80s, my high school went. I remember sitting in like second grade watching black and white TV mm-hmm. with rabbit ears watching our school. And it was one of those things where the entire school shuts down, the, yeah. especially smaller communities. The, the community shuts down because 
everyone goes. It can be parents, friends, your old babysitter, whatever it is. Yeah. Everyone just wants to go see and support that. And I think it's a really cool thing that the state of Minnesota really embraces. Jay, you just made yourself sound way older than you are by oh, bringing up I black am. and white TV rabbit ears. Hey, You're well, not that much older, no. Well, uh, yes, I'm not that much older, but it shows you how big of a gap and divide there's been over all of these years. So, so. when I first got hired here, you had just told me, I guess the high school state tournament had just finished up. Yeah. And you were like, dude, it's, it's insane. So I had never seen, I guess last year it got canceled, right? Um, it, it wasn't, wasn't as, as big. That's well. I think part of it too. I think um, when the COVID stuff was going on as well, there weren't as many people allowed mm -hmm. into yeah. the, the games and that kind of thing. This was the first year you really got to see kind of the full blown state tournament. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I will say this as a caveat: being from Minnesota and having lived in Canada, as big a deal as this is for the state of Minnesota, it is even bigger in Canada because I it is their that. national sport. Yeah. But. As a as a Minnesota and a point of pride, um, the Minnesota State High School hockey tournament is great. On top of that, I really love what they do with the all hockey hair team mm -hmm. and the way they use that for charity. And just the, the the fun part for me is showing people from different parts of the country, let alone the world. Uh, this is just something fun that we love to do and embrace it. And everyone really gets into it, even if they're just a casual hockey fan. So what you're saying is in order for Gabe and I to ever go to a game, we probably need to join a bandwagon of That's a school not. and have someone befriend us and offer us tickets. Because it sounds like it's a pretty exclusive event. It is an exclusive event. At the same point, uh, we may have some connections uh, in okay. certain places here, especially okay, at Excel okay. Center. So yeah. I think. I mean, I'm game I'll to join a bandwagon. I really I'm, I'm am. Down. I retweeted a video from Paul Fletcher on Twitter, recorded just a pan of the stadium. That's crazy. Like, wow. Yeah. And I probably got like 80 comments like, yeah, I've been doing I've been going here since 1960s yeah. or it's the same thing. That's since amazing. Their grandkids. were So it, it's it's insane. So hearing you say that, it's just like, all right, oh, yeah, I love we, stuff like Tatum that. And I has to do that. It just shows yeah, the exactly. passion and love for sports here in Minnesota. And, and uh, I think it's great too. not only on that, even just the high school level, but here with the pro level as well and the Vikings and the excitement that's going on. So it's just it's fun to have everybody have something to, to grab onto and really pay attention to and love. Well, even with all of those sports, spring sports going on, there's been a lot going on right here with the Minnesota Vikings. Obviously, free agency I beginning this was the and Minnesota Vikings podcast. Yeah, for, for a second, there, this, this isn't. The, I was okay with it. the outsiders learning about learning about Minnesota podcast. Uh, yeah, no, but the Vikings have made several moves. There's been a lot of developments. You know, GM Quasi Adolfo Mensa has been very busy, as well as head coach Kevin O'Connell. It's just been crazy here. I mean, we've seen them here. They've been here. Or all the coaching staff really has been here day and night, working hard to make all of these things happen. Um, and, and coming up in the show, we'll obviously talk about a lot of those moves. But we're really excited to share with you our interview with one of the newest Vikings free agents, linebacker Jordan Hicks, who it was really great to catch up with him and get to know him on a much deeper level. I think you'll learn more about him more so than what you heard in the press conference. And and not to mention, like I think one my major takeaway was just the fact that he is going to be such a great voice and leader in the locker room, which I think is great for a lot of these, you know, younger guys coming up right now. Yeah, he's a pro's pro. I was listening to uh Patrick Peterson's latest episode on All Things Covered and he one of the questions was asked to him, how do you feel about Jordan Higgs? And he's like, he does everything he's supposed to do. He's in a spot. If, if a coach draws up, hey, Jordan needs you here, he's going to be there. And the plays that he doesn't make is not his fault. So that's what we need here. We need that veteran leadership, that veteran presence. He's been in the league seven years. He understands that, hey, all I got to do is my job. And hopefully me doing my job 
helps other people do do theirs. And having, I mean, being beside a guy and Eric Kendricks lining up beside him every play, like if 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 we do run a 3-4, that means we have two middle linebackers. So if he stands beside Eric Kendricks and both of those guys are on their A game every single play, I think this defense will 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 make a lot of plays in the in the positive direction. The thing that I walked away was professional. Just oh, yeah. in, in, incredibly professional, understands what his role is, understands what his motivation is, is at a different uh, uh, stage in life with three kids. I and love that, yeah. He's just, you could tell coming in the door here, this is a guy who's seen and done it all and has the understanding of what it takes to win a championship. So he's coming in the door here with some expectations on what needs to be done, and I think it's really encouraging to bring a guy like that in this locker room. For sure. Well, let's kind of go over a couple of the major moves that we've seen this week. I think, you know, obviously the biggest one being Kirk Cousins signing a one-year contract extension, keeping him in Minnesota through the 2023 season. And we saw a couple of contract restructures as well from wide receiver Adam Thielen and Harrison Smith on the defensive side as well. I mean, when you think about the the duo of JJ and Thielen returning. You've got Kirk Cousins back there. Dalvin Cook is back. Um, it's it's a pretty. I mean, you you look at the personnel and you think it's definitely nice to see a little continuity, even though you're not really quite sure what we're going to see from the playbook just yet. Yeah, I think you know a lot of people. I mean, if you just talk to fans or people in the building, like there's not much we need to change on offense. Um, the past two years, we've been a top ten offense and restructuring Thielen's deal. I know Kirk Cousins, him getting that extension, it lowered the cap hit for this year also, so you can bring in other guys. So that that ultimately helps what we want to do on the defensive side of the ball. So having those guys here for another year, granted it might be a new playbook, but everyone seems excited to be able to, to work together. And I think with that continuity, even though there's a new playbook, a receiver to running back to quarterback. It's all about timing. And if you have that in place, you can run any play in the playbook. So I think that is really going to serve this this Minnesota Vikings offense well, understanding that we can amplify what we're already doing with the people that we already have had on this roster that has made plays uh, the past few seasons. A couple of other moves, though, on the offensive side. Tyler Conklin, no longer a Minnesota Viking. Mm. I, man, your heart breaks when you read that tweet, huh? One of my favorite people, period, in this building. Oh, for sure. Um, I got to meet him uh, and, and talk to him a, a little bit outside of you know football and everything and I guess for me the best part about Tyler is the fact that he has earned this opportunity mm-hmm. yep. and so you can't be mad about it it's just kind of like seeing a friend move to a different school you're just like man <laughs> yeah. you know, I, I'm, I'm happy for you I really am at the <laughs> same succeed and I hope you I hope he crushes it I really do I think he's a really good guy and if you read through any of the stuff that he put out on Twitter especially he was very uh appreciative of his his time here in Minnesota and he's like yeah I think I'll be back but at the same point, the fact that he gets this opportunity with the Jets on a, a three-year, I believe, $21 million yeah. deal, like you can't be mad at that. That's awesome for him. So I, no, hope, he goes, I hope he goes out there and kills it. Go get your money. Well, man. when you think about earlier in the season when Irv Smith went down, Irv told him, go get that money. And he took advantage of every opportunity he had. And this is this is obviously like a product of his hard work. Well, even on top of that, think about the fact that going into last season, everyone said, it's Irv's team. Irv's going to be the guy. But if you remember in camp, all of a sudden people started going, what are these circus catches that Tyler Conklin's doing? And the fact that he kept shining and every time you'd see him do something, go back and watch any of that footage from camp. Irv was his biggest cheerleader. Irv was the guy that was just like, man, you know, like dapping him up and everything. The fact that he he understood like. I might not necessarily be the guy to start here, but I am going to work my butt off to make this happen. 
And then Irv gets hurt and he steps right in. I think there was a lot of surprise people to see what he did, but man, was it needed. And so again, he took every opportunity, every chance he could, and he made it work. And now he's got this great opportunity with the Jets. In his place now, the Vikings have signed tight end Johnny Munt. He's reunited with former offensive coordinator Kevin O'Connell and position coach Wes Phillips, who are now obviously elevated here with the Vikings. So Munt is coming in, I think, on today. I think his first time in Minnesota will be today. And then there's also an additional signing on the offensive side with guard center Austin Schlotman, a four-year vet out of TCU, who... It's also a bit of a reunion for him as well. He is reunited with former Broncos offensive coaches Chris Cooper, Justin Riscati, and Curtis Modkin. So, I mean, it's great to see, you know, a lot, even though these are new faces, there's some continuity there for these players. Yeah. And I think with that Johnny Munt signing, I think that only elevates Irv Smith Jr.'s play. I think that only shows you that. This, this coaching staff believe in what Irv is going to bring. You bring in a guy and Johnny, who's going to be a, a solid backup, similar to Tyler Conklin, come in, get some possession catches. But, hey, Irv, this is your offense. We want you to succeed in this thing. And I, I honestly like that move with, with Johnny Munt. He hasn't really played much. But, honestly, when you look at that position and you look at just what the Rams have done with the tight end position, they're tight end, too. He comes in for a few plays, move the sticks, like just a, a possession guy. So a really good blocker, understands um, his role, and I think that, that'll that be really good for, for that tight end position group. And you can't hurt adding any more offensive linemen to this group Absolutely right now, right? Not. You well, can't have enough of them. Especially you had you know three guys essentially get announced, three people at this point that are, that are going to be gone. So you are looking at an organization and a, a fan base who – has looked at uh, just depth at those positions as a, a need. And the fact that, think about a guy like uh, Mason Cole leaving, who was a kind of a dual threat at center and guard. You bring in another guy who can play both of those positions. True. It'll be somebody mm-hmm. that come in and potentially fill that role here. Yeah, the other team. two, Jay referencing are Rashad Hill and Dakota Dozier. Yep. No longer here as well. But been making a lot of defensive deals, which is good. I mean, we know that the defense needed a lot of improvement from last season. And a couple of names, we obviously mentioned linebacker Jordan Hicks, but also two defensive tackles and Harrison Phillips, who was announced yesterday. And if you haven't watched his press conference, I highly recommend it because he will keep your attention from beginning to end. He seems like a really like, you know, excited guy. He's clearly really excited to be here. The other one is Ty McGill, but uh, I know coming up in some of our episodes, we will talk to Harrison Phillips, and it's another interview I think you're not going to want to miss again because after yesterday talking to both of those guys, they just they get it. Both of them just get it, <laughs> yeah, but in very different ways, though. Very, wouldn't you say they're they're like polar opposite people, but they are both the most entertaining yet professional individuals I, I I've met since I've been with the Vikings. Like you, you don't, it's, it's very rare. You come across a guy in Harrison Phillips. That's a defensive lineman that acts like him. And that, it's that, very true. That lives life like him. So it's funny. He kind of reminded me of an offensive lineman in a sense. Cause yes. you always say the offensive linemen are a little bit of the, like they're smarter, they're wittier. He, they're kind he, of he reminds me of Garrett Bradbury. Yeah. Like similar personalities, similar they're quirkier, very quirky, but um, he's definitely, he he. You can tell he loves the defensive side of things, though. Yeah, put his hand in the dirt. 
he's a he's an uh, ex high school wrestler, yep. and the, yeah. the fact you can, here's the thing for me, Harrison Phillips, even just thinking about it that way, he was either going to be in professional football or potentially potential uh, <laughs> professional wrestling or stand up comedy. Because you know a guy like that, just even just hearing him at his press conference, you know that guy can cut a promo. So like a guy like Harrison Phillips, I think is going to be a fun. Breath he was of an fresh eleven air. pound baby, is what he was talking yeah. about. Can you imagine? Were you googling like the heaviest? I did. Babies I was googling. I was going to ask him if he knew the heaviest baby in Ohio or sorry, Nebraska, but it was, it was, it was hard to find shockingly enough, like an accurate guess, but it got up to like 15. So he really wasn't the largest. So it's a big baby. Good luck with all that. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. But he does. I mean, he does. He's, he's going to have a lot of, a lot on his shoulders, replacing a guy in Michael Pierce that just re-signed to play with the Ravens again. I think it was a three year, $16 million deal. I think it, this this makes the most sense to bring in a, a guy in Harrison Phillips who understands how to play that play that nose tackle position. Um, and he, and he played on that just uh, ridiculous Bills defense, yeah. right? Dude, so, the, Bill, the Bills defense, they were a top three defense three out of the four years that Harrison, Harrison Phillips was in Buffalo. Yeah. Like, that's insane. That is insane. And he's, he played like 90% of those games. And if you think about it, like that's that old Leslie Frazier style mm-hmm. defense. And so to get a guy like him who played that D-tackle position, mm-hmm. that – that nose tackle piece. And again, personality wise, if, if, you know, the, hmm. the play lives up to the hype, but it's going to be a lot of fun to have this guy in that defensive line. Definitely. Hopefully we'll have a lot more Vikings entertainment network content from him. Cause he seems like a, he might be on board with it. He's character. Yeah. He oh, really is. Oh, I'm thinking there's a, there's a giant uh, uh, flag waving saying, this is a guy we need to deal with. <laughs> yeah, right. When it comes to things like the audible, he would be a fantastic guest. He for really would. He would just, that will be his show. Like I mean, could, both could, the guys you signed, but he'd I, be great. I just feel like Harrison Phillips, if you put a camera in his face and a microphone, he would talk to it for 30 minutes <laughs> and you would be entertained as a viewer. You wouldn't need any host, any B-roll, anything. It's a good, it's a good problem to have for us. Yeah, so, yeah, exactly. we, yeah, We've got plans. This is, yeah, this is, this is all very positive talk. We're not trying to, you know, rope him in anything. We're definitely thinking he's got a bright future, maybe even after his playing career and being, you know, in yeah. the media side of things. But uh, one last thing to note, as we wrap up our Vikings free agency moves this week, is that the special teams is sticking together. Resigned punter Jordan Berry and kicker Greg Joseph. They're going to be alongside long snapper Andrew DePaula, who, you know, became a bright spot after what was a dim 2020 special team season. Greg the leg. Greg the leg. They, I, I, I'm, I'm happy we stuck with those three Same. guys. Um, they, they were solid all last year. Jordan Berry did a really good job. Greg Joseph, I mean, if you... If you got one thing to remember him by, he had to walk off field goal against the Green Bay Packers. Like that, that speaks for itself alone. And um, a kicker and a punter is only as good as his long snapper. So keeping Andrew DePaula, a guy that that knows them very well, I think that special teams unit will 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 be really good this upcoming year. And think about how many positions the Vikings put Greg Joseph in throughout the season, and he was able to, you know, maybe he wasn't perfect. We know we all can think of that one, but but he was able to stay consistent stay calm, collected. And I mean, it really came down to the wire, obviously, so many times for that guy. We talk about the PTSD that this fan base has yeah. regarding special teams. Uh, it really did feel by the end of the season that this group had really solidified <laughs> and something that you could really trust. I mean, think about the fact that Jordan Berry in multiple games, we were in a really weird position mm-hmm. on offense and really did bury teams deep into their their side of the field in order to try to get, see what you give did our, there try to give our defense a, a chance and so i just felt like between um greg joseph settling in during the season jordan berry playing from what at least 
my eyes looked very well, especially towards the back end of the year. And then to have Andrew there with them, I think it'll be great to let those guys solidify and just become even more of the three amigos. You've been in the booth with PA. Has he said Jordan Barry buried it? He, he's never said that. <laughs> uh, so that surprises me. Jordan he, buried it. Yeah. Jordan buried that punt. Jordan buried yeah. He he has said uh, we were talking on the I can I guess I can say this now since he brought it up on the fan yesterday. <laughs> um, he says yeah I'm still he's still recovering from that Greg Joseph is good. Oh kick yeah from yeah. Arizona <laughs> he's got yeah. PTSD now. <laughs> Everyone has PTSD from that. So yeah I'm I'm happy these three guys are are back and I think uh, they have a lot to prove to to not only the NFC North but to the NFL that this is we want to be the best special teams unit with the new special teams coach with Matt Daniels at the helm of that. I think the most important piece of this, not just this group, but the moves we've seen so far this year is front office and coaches and ownership putting pen to paper of what they've been saying, at, especially at the end of the season, which was this is not a teardown. This is not a full rebuild. This is a reload. And mm-hmm. they're making moves, um, whether it's you know contract-wise, uh, financially, whatever, they're doing the things that they've said is we want to retain these top tier people that we currently have on the roster. We want to uh, keep the people that have definitely uh, produced over the last few seasons and then try to find people to augment positions that we feel like we've got some deficits in. And it's always hard to do that, especially when you have a brand new coaching staff come in. Essentially, they've got their own people and connections that they've had from before. We're starting to see some of that pop in here, um, especially in the last uh, yeah. week with with free agency starting. And, you know, free agency is still going on. It's going to be going on for a while. I just the, the thing for me is it's it is more proof that what they've been saying from the beginning, from the beginning of these hiring hirings with Kwesi and with Kevin is basically coming to fruition right in front mm-hmm. of our eyes here. Yeah, we should note that we are recording at 1135 a.m. on Friday, March 18th, so that in case anything breaks at the end of the day or over the weekend. Don't add us. That would never happen. Don't. But, <laughs> but, I, but I will say we are going to have a pick six on Tuesday, so we will field all of your questions and hopefully you, know, you give us some good ones to discuss on that show on Tuesday. So we'll kind of catch you guys up on that as well. But I think this is a good time to bring in our podcast guest for this week. We had a wonderful time, as you already heard, speaking with new Vikings linebacker Jordan Hicks. So let's just get right into it. Let's give a big, warm MVP welcome to one of the newest Vikings and Super Bowl winning linebacker. I know, right? Give him a round of applause. Jordan Hicks, thank you for being here. On the podcast. Yeah, thank you for having me. I know we were just talking about how you've kind of gone through this whole media day and with your newfound friend Harrison and how much energy that's really added to everything. And I really liked what you said in the press conference about how it's made you really reflect on your journey here. Yeah, yeah. He's he's in such a, a different phase of life, right, <laughs> in terms of, you know, unmarried with no kids and first big contract. And it's, you know, as a player, that is what you go for right that that second contract is the is the big milestone that everybody's working for so um you know it it helps me reflect back on when i i was in that moment and and you know the emotion that's attached with it the um you know just the life-changing time that that is um it's exciting you know and and you don't take it for granted. Um, you think about those moments and you realize how far you've come and how, how much you've been able to accomplish. And, you know, his his journey is, is just beginning. And um, it's exciting. It's exciting to have him along. So what is the third contract like? Right. We're talking about Harrison getting the second. You're, you're now in your third contract. Yeah. So, like, 
It's about winning. <laughs> it's that. about winning, right? <laughs> um, you know, I, I've I've won Super Bowl. Um, mm. There's no feeling like it, and and that is the mission, right? The mission is to win, and and you know, I've I've won a lot of games. I've I've been able to be a part of some really good teams, and you only, like I said in the press conference, you only have fun in this game when you win. Mm-hmm. It, to to come in, you know, and put so much work into what you do, into your craft, into into trying to get those wins and uh, and coming up short week after week after week, it is it is not fun, right? Mm. So, uh, you know, the process is is a good time, but winning games is the best time. How much about this decision, though? I mean, as much as winning is is on the forefront, was about the people that are here now because I know a lot of these Vikings fans may not know management; they're just getting to know them. What was that courting process like for you when you were dealing with all the new faces that we're now being introduced to as well? Right. Yeah. It's uh, it was a process, right? You try to figure out as much as you possibly can um, in as short amount of time as you have, right? It is, and it's 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 all being compiled on you at once. And um, when you hear the message of these coaches, when you hear uh, the direction that they want to take it. Um, you know, it's a no brainer, right? You hear the young, energetic, um, and see the young, energetic faces and, and hear the words and, and see the vision. And it's, it's a, it's fun. I know people talk about four, three, three, four defense. I think that the big thing for a middle linebacker is it's like, okay, now two of us can be on the field at the same time. So now that you get the chance to play with Eric Kendricks, you play with Michael Kendricks before in Philly, what is that dynamic like? Is there? Did you know anything about Eric before playing with his brother or after? So we played Texas played UCLA uh, in college our senior years, and uh, or it might have been my senior year and his junior. Year. I don't know when he came out, but I think we came out the same year. Um, so I, I, that was the first time I'd heard about him my senior year in college, and um, after that moment, I started tracking him and then playing with his brother and seeing him, you know, here and there, and, and the football world small. Um, you see him around, you know, Super Bowl events, or whatever it might be, and uh, playing against him. And I've always admired his game, mm. and and he's he's a hell of a football player. And uh, you know, when when I was making the decision to to come here, right, the thought, obviously the thought goes in your mind like, man, to get to play next to him mm. would be would be awesome. And so uh, it it was definitely part of the decision. Yeah, the game seems very cerebral for me when you listen to you talk about it even from the high school level, it sounds like, but how has maybe your game elevated throughout your years in the league? And how do you plan on, you know, imparting that wisdom on these young guys on the team? With experience comes, comes wisdom, right? And you, you get to see things differently. You know, what I see is completely different from what I saw when I was a rookie, you know, uh, the game slowed down tremendously. Uh, You get running back tells or offensive lineman tells or, Right, wide receiver split tells or formation tells based on you know what you see in film study. So you mature, you grow, and and you learn, and um, you know that's what I've been able to do over these past few years. Allowed the game to slow down, angles gotten better. I've refined my game in, in certain ways and uh, got certain techniques up my sleeve that I like to use quite a bit. So you just learn yourself. You learn yourself. You learn what you see. You learn to trust your eyes and and, and mature in it. Five star recruit coming out of Ohio. Number one outside linebacker in the country coming out of high school. You get to Texas. I think you got injured your first couple of years. And then towards the back end, you started making plays. Is there or was there pressure trying to live up to that hype of being that five-star recruit and making it to the NFL and trying to, I guess, prove people right? Well, I'm playing for Texas. I mean, yeah, that's I mean, big. there definitely was pressure. Okay. Um, without without question, there was, there was pressure. 
I was under the mindset when I first got into college that I had to be a 245, 6'2", <laughs> uh, linebacker that was a head thumper and, you know, was was A-gap to A-gap, right? Mm -hmm. That wasn't my game, you know, and I tried to I, – I think I tried to push and tried to be somebody that, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily. Um, and, you know, I'm, I, I weigh 230. <laughs> I, I've, I've been 230 the last four or five years, right? And and that's that's my playing weight. And, yeah. uh, you know, to think of me at 245 is disgusting. Like, I would not <laughs> ever want to be that heavy. Can't run, can't and, man, <laughs> my hips, my, my legs hurt, my, my shoulders Back. hurt, everything hurt. So, uh, yeah, no, I, I, there was definitely pressure. So, so when did it click for you that, like, okay, this is how I play well, this is what I do, this is how I like to feel to be at the best at what I do? It, when was that trial and error man it it uh well weight wise you know i i i thought 238 to 235 was a happy medium and i was still getting injured uh came in the nfl at 235 uh was still getting injured and i was like man let me just let me just get to a place where i'm comfortable where i can run fast where i can move well and still be powerful mm -hmm. and my body i had a year at, at 230 um you know, fluctuating into the two twenties, even at times. And, you know, I was playing my best ball. And mm -hmm. so, uh, you know, that it was at that moment, it, it takes time. It's trial right. and error and, and nobody can tell you what that is other than you. It's interesting because I was, I was going right to where you were headed, Gabe, where it comes down to, you were talking about staying healthy and you've been very consistent in your starts. You really haven't suffered a lot from injuries lately. So what all exactly, like what is the weirdest thing you do or the most valuable thing you've learned about how to take care of yourself? It's not even close. It is <laughs> needles, needles, needles. I do dry needling two times a week and probably get 500 different insertion points at a time. I mean, how long does that normally take? It's like three and a half hour sessions. Oh my goodness. Um, but it's thorough. And you know, the one thing with needles, you know, you can get massaged, you can do all that. And I think that that stuff has definitely has a place. Um, I do that as well. But when a needle goes into the tissue and you, it jumps and it contracts and releases, right. It's instantly, you know, instantly loosened up. Mm -hmm. And I, I haven't found anything else that has been able to, to accomplish that. So if you can, if anybody knows, let me know. What about the, what, what about the diet though? I mean, is there, are you, are you uh, yeah. very health conscious? I've, I, so I've been on a diet <laughs> since I got, into not on a diet, but yeah, yeah. I've well, been watchful. I've been watching what I eat and, <laughs> same, and trying same. to stay smooth, <laughs> right? For uh, since I got into the league, right? Everybody talks about nutrition. Um, I feel like this game is so physical and so brutal, and the linebacker position. There's so many different torque and and twists and things you got to do. Put your body in compromised positions um, that you can't. You know. Yes, I can. I can eat as many greens and as much protein as possible. But when your your pec or your hamstring is tight, something's got to you know. Yeah. That's yeah. not going to fix it. And so ice you stick a needle in. It. Ice yeah, cream. Right. <laughs> there's hey, and there's a good selection of ice cream in the cafeteria. It just an there. FYI. Oh, oh my god. god. Mm -hmm. But you it, what you're saying right now about you know recovery. Help, I mean, recovery is more important than being out there on the field. And Eric Kendrick said a lot about that earlier this year when he was talking about. He was like, dude, massages don't feel good. He was like, I mean, the the normal person gets massages to like relieve stress. He said he hates getting on that yeah. table to get a massage. Yeah, why is that <laughs> yeah. for you? You know the benefit, and you know, you know, you're willing to go through it. The sacrifice is 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 worth it mm. to be able to go out there on Sunday 
and, um, you know, to be able to perform at your best. So I know when you were in Philly, um, your nickname was Simba, right? <laughs> Lion yeah. King is one of oh, everybody's yes. favorite movies. Yep. But I know you, you you suffered through a lot of injuries. And there's a there's a quote from from Lion King and it says, hey, it's in the past. You can either run from your past or learn from it. Mm. How have you learned from those injuries? What have, what have those injuries taught you that's got you to this point? Yes, that's, that's deep because there's a lot that those things have taught me, um, even dating back to college. I mean, you you learn how to handle adversity, right? First and foremost, probably the most isolated feeling for an athlete is being hurt, mm. right? So you 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 go now, you're, you go from every meeting, every practice, every workout, every game to nothing other than rehab, right? And when you're on IR, your rehab hours are, you know, come in at nine, out at by 11. And so you're you're not around the team, the camaraderie's not there, and you, nine times out of 10, isolate yourself. And then those, starts, those thoughts start to creep in of like, hey, you know, dang, man, am I, am I worth it? Like, am I, what am I doing? Like, do they still want me on the team? Do they, you know, like these little, little negative thoughts start creeping in. And so first and foremost is, is mental toughness, mental strength, how to handle adversity and those type of thoughts. Um, secondly is, is what we were talking about exactly is, is how important it is to be out there on the field. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, you know, my early history and into college was, was all injuries. And it was, that was, that was the, you know, Jordan Hicks, great linebacker, but injury prone, right? Big red flag. Big red flag at all times. And it, and it stuck with me for a long time. And, uh, it took a lot of, uh, intentional, you know, intentionality to, to, to get people out there and to find what works for me and to listen to my body. And, um, you know, it's it's a process, but uh, you learn that that you can't do anything from the sideline and being out there is the most important thing. It sounds like I mean, it's such a it's fascinating, honestly, to listen to you talk about that and the journey here. So going through all of that, like today, Minnesota Vikings, mm. this new opportunity, like mm. putting it all together and putting a bow on top of it. What has that been like? It's been awesome because, you know, there are times you look back at the journey and it is like, how in the world did I get here? Right. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm a firm believer in my faith and, uh, you know, I couldn't have did it on my own. And there's so many people that have had influence on me and have pushed me along. And I, I believe, you know, there's a, a bigger plan upstairs that's that I'm on. And, you know, for me to have, don't let me scare you guys. I got two Achilles ruptures, a, a pec rupture, you know, I've torn my groin off the bone. I had, you know, broken hand, feet. It's like you hear about these type of injuries and guys lose careers over these things. Mm. And it's, you know, and, and to have these injuries and to still have an opportunity and to still have people to believe in you and still put on film that, you know, allows, you know, guys like this to get excited and, and teams to get excited and, um, you know, be in this position you learn, you learn and it, and it, and it's humbling and it, and it gives you a, an opportunity. And so, uh, my responsibility is to continue that, to continue to put that type of film on, on, on tape, uh, add to this team and then also pour into the young guys. So hopefully they don't, they don't have to go through that path. All right. Um, I got three names I'm going to throw at you and tell me the first thing that comes to mind when uh -oh. I give you one by one. All right. Aven, my son, my man, many me, Luca, Full of energy, my guy. <laughs> and your daughter, Talia. Sweet. She's precious. Girl, Being a girl dad changes you. <laughs> precious, bro. How did being a girl dad change you? <laughs> Dude, 
I don't you got two boys or something man, like I don't know like instantly with the with the boys like when I first held him I looked at him and I was like it's my guy you know what I mean <laughs> like we're gonna we're gonna do some stuff and it took some time for me to look at him and be like oh like I, you know I love this little guy and you know but when she came out and she was in my arms the first time I was like I'm gonna protect you. I'm gonna do anything. It's like it's that. just a different. It's a completely different feeling, and it's hard to explain. Um, but you know, it's it's a uh, it's a beautiful family, man. I love. I'm I'm so blessed to have my guys. And he's got three fur babies too. I've yeah. got three. I've got three fur babies. Yeah, I love. I love that. I mean, I know that that's something that you and your wife have taken a liking to too. Is like the adoption rescue yeah. uh, work down in. With, in Arizona yeah. previously. Yeah. So we did, we did some work in Arizona. We did some work in Austin. We've got a passion for, um, you know, especially, you know, what we, we partnered with an adoption agency and during COVID when, uh, these dogs were just getting, getting pushed in there mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, had a great successful, um, week. We, we sponsored every family that would come in and adopt a dog or, or a cat and had an awesome turnout but um yeah it's passionate you know on our hearts and mm-hmm. uh, it's exciting exciting to help we're a pretty dog friendly yeah. franchise Very, i would say yes yeah. i'm like the, the vikings <laughs> community is going to love you awesome um, and yes, this is this is a very like i've been here for two years tatum's been here almost a year now and you you will love this but i think in return what are Vikings fans getting from the football player we talked about the person but from the football player jordan hicks what are they getting from yeah you? Well, first and foremost, I think leadership. Um, you know, again, I think you can tell that I've been through some stuff. I've I've got a story to tell, and uh, I, I enjoy um, pouring into guys that um, you know want to learn and uh, that 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 I feel like uh, I can help. Um, but then, you know, out there on the field, I think it's physicality, it's sideline to sideline, rangy, um, seeing things before things are happening. Um, you know, anticipation. Um, and then ultimately what this game's about is playmaking, mm-hmm. right? When a play when a play's there to be made, you're expected to make it and I pride myself in that. Well, thank you so much for sharing some time with all of the fans that are listening to the Minnesota Vikings podcast right now. Jordan Hicks, welcome to Minnesota. Thank you for having me. A big thank you to Jordan Hicks for joining the podcast. Especially I know they sit there in the press conference. They talk for 20 minutes answering questions and they're kind enough to come right in here and talk to us right afterwards and continue the conversation so we could get to know them just a little bit better. They're Both of them, both Harrison and Jordan, were just more than gracious with their time. And the fact that they were relaxed too and i'm like dude like you you're really you guys are really going through the car wash they just today. signed a contract they just i mean if i signed a contract like that i'd be pretty relaxed too uh yeah, what? Oh, yeah. i would there's the enjoyment in the in the the uh the work the, starts tomorrow i was gonna say the healthy, <laughs> the healthy glow of knowing you just signed your your contract and you got you got uh you know a new deal coming in at the same point at the end of the day after travel and everything else that's going on it's got to be a whirlwind for those guys for i sure. mean i heard uh um I heard Mr. Harrison Phillips on the radio this morning basically saying, yeah, I'm already back in Omaha this morning. So mm-hmm. he's that's the thing for these guys. They're, they're flying in, doing their thing, go through the whole dog and pony show and then um, heading back home to yeah. kind of get back their affairs in, in order. Exactly. Yeah. What, April 11th, 11th is when uh, off-season training starts. So yeah, I, I, I feel can't like there will be a lot of guys here. here. Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah. Hey. It's it like the off season went by very slow and then we had like some fast periods and now we're back. So. Hey guys, what are you doing your off season? Yeah, yeah exactly. It's always the favorite question. Uh-huh. It's like there is no off season. There yeah. is no off season in the NFL. And speaking of free agency, didn't take any time <laughs> off as well. And Absolutely not. I mean, I feel like I say this every season, so I shouldn't really be surprised. I'm like, man, this free agency is just crazy. I just feel like it gets ramped up every single year. Uh, the biggest one, I think, for all of uh, the NFC North as well as Vikings fans was watching Devontae Adams get traded to the Raiders. Uh, see ya. Don't want to see ya soon. I'm, I'm happy. <laughs> but Aaron Rodgers is still in the division. So I'm like, oh. But his top target is Alan Lazard right now. Just remember the whole criticism. And they're probably saying, drafting another quarterback. I this don't year. have anybody to throw to. <laughs> and now Devontae Adams is gone. Now I really Ooh. have no one to go throw to. I mean, I, I you know what? Honestly, good for Devontae. For sure. Getting to a situation where He's got a home in Vegas already. He's reunited with his college quarterbacks. He's got the rapport with mm-hmm. with Derek Carr. So I think for a guy like Devontae, I mean, he is going into a division that is Dude. in an arms race right now. I saw somebody say it was it. the SEC of the NFL. A hundred percent. Like they're going to beat each other up, though. Yeah. I like mean, I you just, see the names getting signed in that division. It's just insane. And the one thing for Devontae is he doesn't have to pay income tax in Las Vegas. That is very oh, true. Man. That is very so, true. And he gets to play indoors. Exactly. Yeah, and that Still stadium is very nice. It is very nice. No snow. No snow. Like I'm, I'm, I'm happy for them, and I'm happy for the Green, for the Green Bay Packers because now they got to work a little bit harder to, to win the <laughs> yeah. NFC North. So, I mean, the, the Vikings, all Vikings fans should be excited about this. I, I, we all saw a lot of comments on Twitter from Vikings fans thanking. <laughs> Uh, Devontae Adams for leaving the NFC North. So good for him. Not just Vikings fans, Bears fans, Lions Lions fans. (laughs) With Devontae leaving and Allen Robinson heading out to Los Angeles, uh, this Vikings wide receiver core is the best. It is the best in in the division. So, I mean, there's a lot to keep up to, but uh, seeing Devontae leave and then uh, another guy leaving this division as well made me uh, grin a little bit more this week. Oh, did you just set you set up the tease? I thought you were going to drop the name. Go for it, Jay. Khalil Mack. Exactly. <laughs> Seeing Khalil leave as well. I know it's been a lot of hand wringing going on in Chicago the last couple of years with his play and lack of play just due to injury, but. Um, having the addition by subtraction for this Minnesota Vikings team, seeing those two big names leave this division made me very happy. But the fact that <laughs> I'm, I wouldn't say our division got worse, but the fact that the AFC West got better with everything that that is going on, I'm like, dude. Like I'm so glad, like we're not playing the AFC West this yes. year. Like that, that that would have been awful because we played the AFC West last year, right? Yeah, yeah. So we played the AFC West and the NFC West last year. So we don't play them for another three years. So it's like yeah. okay, we can we can breathe a little bit, win, win the division, and, and then go from there. It happened this way though a couple of years ago with the NFC West, where mm-hmm. yes. Seattle, Arizona, the Rams. I mean, the Niners, the Rams. They they were all in the same kind of boat where quarterbacks were top notch, mm-hmm. all the support staff was top notch. And just think about how much that's changed in the last couple of years. So, again, I know the AFC in general, look at all of the quarterbacks in the AFC right now. It is absolutely loaded and absolutely stacked. But, again, they all have to play each other every single week. So, Twice. good luck I mean, with this that. is what makes the NFL fun. Yeah. You know, seeing seeing the cycles change, seeing the parity in the league, that's what keeps us coming back for more. Uh, speaking of parity. Um, I, I read a tweet earlier that said the AFC West should get a primetime game every week. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I, I so. don't disagree. Maybe I, so. I don't disagree. AFC West football, you know, <laughs> instead of Monday Night Football, yeah, AFC, AFC West, West football. <laughs> yeah. Hey, maybe Joe Buck and Troy Aikman will uh, lobby oh. for that now that they're on the Monday Night Football crew. They had to do. No comment. <laughs>
<laughs> All right. Well, well yeah, we did. Um, I don't know. It'd be funny, I think, if we found the clip of Gabe saying Tom Brady's going to San Francisco, <laughs> and um, and now a week later, you were you were you were not far from the Semi, truth. I mean, when he posted that, I think he posted on Instagram that it's been two months. Well, he, no, he did an interview. And 55 he said, days. He said it's been 55. I've been home 55 days. It's, it, it's not like, the months. It's the the idea that he actually sat down and counted the days. I'm like, he literally, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> the tweets were like, the internet is undefeated for a reason. But the fact that, you know, he knew the exact day when uh-huh. he retired from football and he was like, you know, I still got a decision to make. I'm like, okay, this guy is tired of his kids. He's tired of being home. And he's just tired of not being, being normal. Uh, being exactly, he's like, "Oh, I got to go to the store today." Okay, let me let me figure this thing out and hit up Bruce Arians and say I'm coming back. So, it, but if it you was, lived your life a certain way for 20 years, I mean, it's hard to like le- learn to be normal. I guess you could say the prime example of this was Brett Favre. That that was the first thing when he when I'm glad when, you said it when Brady. <laughs> but I'm just saying when Brady came back. I immediately said, I'm like, this is like Brett Favre and that you are identifying with something that the entire world knows you for. And to physically cut that cord and say, I'm done for the rest of my life, I think has got to be just daunting and scary knowing that this is how I identify kind of who I am as a person. And for a guy like Tom Brady, who arguably was in the MVP conversation last Mm -hmm. year, it wasn't like... Uh, no offense to the last year of Peyton Manning's career, but he definitely was not hitting the passes that he Peyton could or whatever. Man. Tom Brady was still last season in the category of, is he the top player in the league? And so for him to be like, yep, I'm done. And there's all the speculation on, he didn't necessarily get to call his own shot that he was retiring, blah, blah, blah. Whatever. That also made me wonder. Whatever, I didn't read that. Whatever the motivations they are. They broke it before he could. It was oh, the whole thing gotcha. of, of of them prematurely breaking it, you know, Schefter, that kind of thing. Like the oh, joke. He, that, gotcha. he wants to redo his retirement speech, basically. <laughs> but, but it was but it was the joke of saying, you know, Adam Schefter was now the motivation for Tom to come back. For yeah, the I saw but, that too. He but, said LeBron was too. On top of that, but see, that's the thing is like the idea of Tom Brady saying, you know what, I still want to play, and I think the rest of the public looks at it and says, and he still can. So oh, for sure. So so the hardest part though is. If you are a guy like that who is a top tier athlete and you come back and you don't have the the season leading up to those expectations and then everyone goes, oh, he should have he should have been done the year before. I honestly, as I've gotten older, I look at these guys and just kind of say they have to go out on their own terms because they mentally have to be able to be OK with it. So for, a guy, so for a guy like Tom Brady, you know. I was even joking saying, well, 55 days to figure out. I don't want to be stuck at home with my wife and kids every day, you know, just trying to figure out what's the next thing in my life. The thing about Tom, though, is I kind of feel like whatever the next piece of is for his life, once football's done, he is such an alpha that he yeah. is going to find a way to kill it. Yeah. I mean, he has won a Super Bowl every season after he's lost in the playoffs. Which is an insane stat. You know, I mean, and right. that would set it up for this season. But then also, like, you look at the NFC and you see the path is just so much easier. Yeah. And yeah. What is it? It's like. Aaron Rodgers, Kirk Cousins, and that's it. As far as like quarterbacks who are actually top, you would in think the top elite, 10, top yeah, 12. for yeah. sure. And so that's, I mean, you, you think he's looking at, at all the free agency moves. He's thinking about how all the quarterbacks are going somewhere else, and he's like, man, I just got to deal with Rodgers, yeah, Cousins. I, I just hope he goes out like what Jay said. I really just hope he goes out on his own terms. Like we we've seen this story play out before, and 
like I, I would hate for Tom Brady to be remembered as someone who didn't go out on their own and be remembered as somebody who was iffy on the line of like, OK, I mean, clearly, if you're his teammate, you're like, OK, this is the GOAT. But he like, is he really 100 percent in the locker room right now or is he still debating retirement? He retired before. So clearly that's on his mind. So. I, I really hope I mean, I hope he gets respected for going out on his own terms. Sometimes it makes me think that maybe he was he did it because that's what was expected of him to do and not what he actually wanted to do. I I don't think if you Tom, say you're retiring, you're retiring. That, that That's a decision. Know. That's like you, you wake up the next morning and say, OK, like I'm done. Like I know it was it was very messy the way that it happened, because a guy like that wants to be able to call his own shot and say, yes, I'm done. And it was leaked. But. For a guy like Brady, if there is any doubt in there and he's saying this kind of stuff, the one thing I will give him credit for is this. He did it right before free agency started. Why is that yeah. a big deal? It allows the Tampa Bay Bucks to know we are not in rebuilding mode. We just have to bring in yeah. some of these guys. So you're signing a Godwin for, what, was it three years, 60 yeah. million or mm-hmm. something along those lines. So at least for him, he wasn't prolonging this thing and waiting until training camp to bring it back. But for a guy like Tom Brady, it's going to be a very another juicy watch for this team. And it took the Bucks out of the Deshaun Watson scramble, uh, the watch. race, the watch. Yeah, Deshaun Watson. Desh- <laughs> sorry, guys. Kudos. Don't be sorry. sorry. Don't be sorry. No. Slow, slow clap for that <laughs> one. Pun of the podcast today, folks. Uh, yeah, no, but. Uh, the Bucks out of that race. And, you know, I saw, again, Twitter, can't help myself with this tweet. I saw someone tweet out saying uh, when when he's like telling teams individually, like, you're out of the race, you're out of the race. Somebody was like, what is this, a final rose ceremony? Yes. Yeah, that's what it, it it's <laughs> that's a great like, point. Like I think what the Falcons and the Saints are in like the top two, yeah, top he's two. gonna propose to one of them at yeah, the end of it all. It's like Bachelorette. <laughs> yeah, that's what that's the, yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah. Um I hope it's the Falcons because we play the Saints this year and I don't want to see Deshaun Watson uh in New Orleans on that team that's still got a solid core that just needs a quarterback. Um but in 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 the same breath. Deshaun Watson, like he, he, I feel like he's going to be on a tear whenever he gets back into this league. Like whoever the team Deshaun chooses to go to, I'm sure that team is going to be considered a contender because of the elite capability that that he has already shown on film and just who he is, just as a football player. So simply, just st- stating at that, if it's the Saints, look at them as a contender in the NFC now. If it's the Falcons, look at them as a contender in the NFC. And um, I think the the Browns. Their, their situation right now, Baker Mayfield. I think that is that is the most interesting thing, right? Baker Mayfield requested a trade, and the Browns said no. And then he put out a statement before he requ- so the off season in a it's nutshell messy. has been it's very messy. messy. It's been very messy, especially within the NFC. Because think of it this way: if Watson does end up going to the Saints, the Saints are kind of reloading again at quarterback. If he chooses to go to Atlanta. Then what happens to Matt Ryan? I know Matt's at the, just going to ask that thing. question. Matt's at the back end yep. of his career, but then there's fallout there. So would there potentially be? But there are several teams that would scoop Matt Ryan up because they have questions of quarterback. Like, does he go to the Browns? Exactly. Does he go to the Saints? Like, yes. does you know? And, and, all, game and all of the yeah. other teams, Carolina, who was who was in this this race as well. Like, oh, that's yeah. There's a ton of teams that are currently even Seattle. They're all raising their hands, saying, "Hey, we got some needs here too." So th- there's. There's, Deshaun Watson's the domino that's going to make the rest of them fall. It's the ripple yeah. effect throughout yeah. the rest of the quarterback tree at this point throughout the entire NFL. It's it's going to it. 
it never stops. It never ceases to get boring. You know, I always, the joke is my job is never boring and it's because this stuff constantly keeps changing and, and, and shifting all throughout the off season. So yeah. this is why people love it. People. Messy. It's very messy. One thing that wasn't messy was Von Miller getting a six-year deal with the Bills. But he did say it was, was like pretty... breaking out with a girlfriend signing with the Bills <laughs> because he feels like he let the L.A. Rams down. Like that—that that is a. You won a Super Bowl. You won a you, Super Bowl. You did the. You did the. You know, the thing they signed you for. Uh, and you feel bad. I was reading the NY Post, and he said, "Oh man, leaving the Rams for Bills is like breaking up with my girlfriend." He says, "I feel like I let the Rams down. I feel like I'm breaking up with my girlfriend. That's just me and how I go about my business. But this was a one time in my life where I had to make a decision for me. I mean, I wouldn't I, turn down that deal. I gotta say, six year, 120 mil is a hell of a rebound girlfriend. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is one of those things where there was even rumors. I know there was talk about Vaughn kind of hinting even online saying he was potentially going back to Denver. So mm-hmm. the fact that he went to the Bills, uh, who's still a contender, same kind of thing. Like he is at the, the stage in his career once he got traded, he kind of can cherry pick with what he wants to do here, especially given he's already got one ring. Mm-hmm. He's looking over at the Bills saying these are the next the next guys to do this. Yep. So getting Yvonne Miller up in Buffalo and that defense again, Leslie Frazier once again is going to be looking his chops. So $51 million was, was guaranteed, right? But his signing bonus was 49 So like when he signed the paper, he got $49 million. Exactly. <laughs> like, dude. What? what? That is insane. I don't even know what to say about that. I, I, Question. My breakfast would taste a lot better. He's still 33, 34 Ooh. years old. Man, congrats. Yeah. Did he not win a Super Bowl in Denver? He won a Super year? Bowl in Denver. He won Super Bowl MVP so in Denver. That's what I thought. So he's got two rings. He's got two that's rings. what I thought. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. That that's was fine. just me trying to fact check myself. So he would be my the brain. first, well, I guess the second person in NFL history to win a Super Bowl with three different teams. If he won in if Buffalo. If he won in Buffalo. Okay. Some more big contracts were signed down in Jacksonville, where we saw seven free agents, free agent contracts totaling two hundred and fifty nine point five million dollars. One hundred and fifty five point two five of that is guaranteed. That's a lot of money. They're following the Bengals approach. The Bengals last year spent two hundred million in free agency on the defensive side of the ball. And look at where it ended up. Look at where they ended up. In the Super Bowl, the Jaguars are basically saying, "Okay, if the AFC West is going to beat up on each other, we're going to go our route in the division." And and because I mean, the AFC South—that's what they're in, right? AFC yeah. South isn't as tough. So I mean, you don't have uh, Deshaun Watson in Houston anymore. You don't have like there is a there is the a Colts way. Sir, the Colts question the, mark. They still have a good defense, but they don't have a quarterback. Maybe mm-hmm. Matt Ryan goes there, but That's I'm another just, Matt Ryan spot, huh? I'm just looking at that the. the the Jaguars are saying, hey, we're, we're trying to win now. So kudos to them for, for having the, the salary cap and then spending it wisely. Just when you think free agency like had a week, <laughs> I feel like the more we talk, the more things can completely change over the next few weeks still. I kind of feel like with the, the running the seven route here. The Jags basically walked guys into the building, sat them in front of a slot machine, and it just went seven, seven, seven. Like <laughs> the amount of money that these guys were getting, you know, the Jags were throwing around is crazy. And and I know that they were one of the teams that had one of the biggest salary cap gaps available. You know, mm-hmm. they, that yeah. they that they could use and sign. The one caution I will say to this, and especially for Vikings fans, the idiom that has lasted over the years, and that I every year it feels like I, I believe it more and more, is you augment through free agency 
but you build through the draft. Mm -hmm. And what this is an example of for me is the Jags as an organization still having a hard time figuring out how do we draft for the future? How do we create this core and this base? Because you think about like Unique Ngakwe when he was traded here, they've traded away a bunch of major pieces. Um, and so the Jags are still at the point now, new front office, new coach, new, you know, ownership wise, they're willing to do what, what they can, but it just feels like they haven't been able to set that culture and that tone of year after year, consistently drafting people, keeping people in that building. And so then they have to go out and do things like spend mm -hmm. almost $260 million in contracts on seven players yeah. to try to help them have a, a team that they can field. And so you know, once again, we're going to try and see, does this work out? And I think Doug Peterson likes having some of these new stars come onto this team that he's trying to build and, and build for the future. But as a, as a practice in the past, this method typically does not work that well. But will the Jags buck that trend and actually become contenders in the AFC South? It looks good, though. I mean, they, they signed, what, a couple of receivers, a tight end, Evan, I think Evan Ingram. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest one for me was Brandon Scherf. For like sure. They got yeah. yeah. to mm -hmm. sign their own line. They, they have to they have to protect, Trevor, protect Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence. And then on top of that, they have the number one overall pick. And, you know, they're going most likely going left tackle, the, the guy from NC State. They they have a plan. They got a second rounder and two third rounders. So hopefully they can they can get it right in the draft. And I think what they're trying to do is something similar to you talked about earlier. They are looking at what the Bengals did a couple mm -hmm. years ago, taking two number one picks overall, mm -hmm. augmenting with some bigger names on this team to fill other major glaring holes and hopefully use that method. And maybe this is the future of what free agency is for the NFL if both of these teams are able to make this work. But um, you are basically rolling the dice here trying to make sure that you have a team that has a bunch of superstars that can field a, a, a product that doesn't squander major years for guys like Trevor Lawrence. You got to have the cap space at the end of the for day. Sure. That's no that's cap. what it comes down to. That's what's been challenging, I think, for this Vikings team and this new front office. But the roster building process has only just begun to keep up with all of the Vikings news and moves. Stick with Vikings on all social and digital platforms where you'll find some more behind the scenes footage of all of our signees this week, as well as what's happening in the future. Again, I know I mentioned earlier that we're going to have another episode of Pick 6 Mailbag on Tuesday, so look out to submit your questions on Twitter. I'll be fielding those at, at Tatum Everett on my Twitter handle. But for now, Gabe, Jay, this was a great convo. I like. I had fun this episode to be able to just kind of talk, talk uh, around the league with you guys. I know sometimes we focus so much on the Vikings. It was kind of neat to... I mean, if we're being honest, it's not really much news to talk about with the Vikings, so... <laughs> Cut that. <laughs> <laughs> we had to supplement. No, I'm just kidding. I think more for me, it's just nice to have the three of us back in the room together. It's, I nice. know we've we've all uh, been doing different things, trying to get ready, but uh, with free agency fully kicking in this week, it's been fun just to uh, look at everything and kind of speculate and, and feel like, hey, we've got some more clarity as to what our future is going to be. So it's been fun to, to be here with you guys here this week. Yeah, Likewise. I mean, we have been talking about just – what's what it's gonna look like and now we're starting to get a little bit of a picture i would say you know the puzzle's about a fourth done and it's only week one actually it's only a couple of days into free agency like what is the rest of this gonna look like so stick around for next week and exactly. uh, we'll see what kind of fireworks hit yeah so be uh be on the lookout subscribe to our minnesota vikings podcast channel so that you can get the latest episodes as they drop again uh, we enjoyed having Jordan Hicks on the podcast this week. And next time you'll hear from Harrison Phillips. So stay tuned, guys.